Thanks for listening to the church at Severn Run Messages Podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Hey, so for 2017, we have a roadmap that I believe God has given us, and that is to become a, a house of prayer. And by house, we're not talking about this building because this building is not the church. You are the church. Um, so we, we, we have to, to get uh, to lay a foundation of prayer under everything. Then we have to, to build, um, you know, a, a foundation of giving. Um, we have to get this piece right. Um, again, when we began this journey, we were two and a half times the national average, uh, even though There were very few of us, and we didn't have any money. God honored that faith and did amazing things. And now that we're way farther down the road, we are way less than than the national average in terms of of each individual believer giving. And it's it's hindering the church. And then the third uh, part of our 2017 roadmap is to get out on the road and to begin reaching 300 new disciples a year. Um, and that is basically just the challenge for every one of us to, to believe so in the mission of Jesus and to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus that we, that we love and share his story with someone who does not know him. And we reach someone. Every one of you can reach somebody for, uh, for Jesus in 2017. Amen? To tie all that together, um, I want you to look around at the empty seats around you. And, uh, and those empty seats represent people um, who are not where God wants them to be. You say, well, Pastor Drew, well, God doesn't want everybody at the Church of Run. Well, here's what I have to say to you. Um, if every church in our area grew 10 times the size that it was, um, we'd still be at about 90% lostness in, in our area. So we need to have every uh, seat filled, not for the sake of the seat, but for the sake of, of there is one more person for whom Jesus died, and then we need to be adding other services and if I die preaching 10 services a weekend, I cannot think of a better way. Um, you know, I wish somebody would have shared Jesus with my family when I was young, and to have grown up in a Christian family instead of an alcoholic family would have been, would have been amazing. Um, and the power of the gospel can accomplish such. So I want you to look at an empty seat or a row around you, and, and to tie things together, I'm going to give you just a moment to pray and to let that represent um, someone that you know who is far from God and not yet a believer in Jesus Christ. Would you pray for their salvation? I'm going to give you um, some times of quiet, and then I will lead us in prayer. Father, I don't want my worst enemy to go to hell. I, I want everybody, you want everybody. Your word says it is not the will of, of the Father that any should perish, but that all should come. So, Father, wake us up. Have mercy on the lost around us. Stir our hearts to, to be your mercy, your voice, your hands, your feet, to share Jesus' story without embarrassment, without shame, and without apology. 
is God, we believe that your gospel is, is the power of God to salvation. And we believe, God, that you can change the eternal destinies of men and women and boys and girls. So Father God, in Jesus' name, would you fill every empty seat ten times over? Would you stir this nation to awaken to its Savior in 2017? And we pray this in Jesus' name, as all God's people say, Amen. Well, if you want to know what we're about as the Church of Seven Run, it's as easy as counting to four. We have one purpose, and it is to, uh, to reach as many people as possible by creatively revealing the love of the Father through the life of the Son in the power of the Spirit. We live under two commandments, and that is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And Mark 12, 30 through 31 says there's no greater commandment than these. So if you want to know what's greatest, Jesus says, here it is. These are the two. We live with three priorities that guide when we're sorting priorities. What do we do? How do we approach this? Uh, You know, what do we decide here? We live with three priorities. And I think you know them. They are to love well, to live Jesus, and to believe big. And, and we live as disciples with four passions. Every car has four wheels. Uh, earlier this week, uh, there was a car right here on the stop sign going out to WBNA that basically had three. Um, the fourth had broken, and it was not going anywhere. If you're not growing spiritually, I would challenge you um, to take a look at the four passions of a disciple and to see if maybe one of the wheels is missing. First is worship, celebrating Jesus as the center of life. Uh, our second passion is, as, um, as believers is, is to connect, doing life together uh, as friends on mission for Jesus. And this is just the joy of life together. The third passion is to serve, looking out for Jesus' interest in the lives of others. No longer looking out for our own interest, but what would Jesus do in this person? How is Jesus leading and, and how, would, how would Jesus love them? And the fourth passion is to share, to give your life away, helping other people find and follow Jesus. These are, are the hallmarks of what a given life looks like. And so, uh, in 2017, as we move forward, because that is what life is doing, do you realize it's almost Easter? Yesterday, it was New Year's. True? Does it feel like that for anybody else? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Life is moving forward. And your life had a beginning, it has a middle, and it will have an end. You are one week closer to eternity than you have ever been. Now, for most of us, I hope that's really exciting. But one of the things that we say to, uh, to sick people is, I hope you get well or I hope you get better. Why don't we say that to well people? You know, do we not hope they get better in life too? Do we not hope that they grow, that, that life increases for them, that, that their gifting come? I'm just telling you, um, you know, you got to ex- maybe be careful who you say it to and how, but, but we really should be encouraging that to one another. I, I hope you get better. Man, I believe in you, and, and there is so much um, of, of God and His image in you um, that, that 
you have so much to contribute in this world. As you rise, other people around you will rise. As you grow, other people are going to be encouraged to grow. The better parent you are, man, the more blessed your children are going to be. The better you get at being a husband, the better your family is going to be. The better you get at work and being a servant leader, the more they're going to see Jesus and rise. I hope you get better. And as the church of seven run, I not only hope that we get better, I, I'm telling you, we have to get better. Thank you. And I want us to get better at, at living a given life and believing. And I want to tell you today what I believe believing is. That was easy to say. <laughs> believing is being all in, whatever all is. Whatever your all is, whatever you, you look at that and say, well, this isn't much, I'm, I'm not much. No, 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 no. Believing is being all in with whatever all is. And there's a story in Mark chapter 12, um, verse 41 through 44, that is one of the most amazing stories about the observation of God and the values of God and how the economy of the kingdom differs from the economy of the world. And there the scripture says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting in their money. So I, well, why is that significant? Well, think about this. Here is God in flesh. God himself Sitting and watching, he's noticing people, paying attention, looking at life. And, and it really is a picture of a God who sees, a God who notices. Sometimes we live our lives thinking that we are the great unnoticed, that God may notice other people who are better, um, you know, more religious, more famous, more something than we, but, but we feel so much of the time like we are not noticed. But God is seeing. He's not watching in a creepy judgment kind of way. God is watching over you in the same way that those of you with children watch your children on the playground, in the yard, um, the same way those of you who have older kids watch your kids away at college. You are watching with an eye to love, to lead, uh, to, to, to make life better. You may be here today and again just feel, you know, broken and alone. But there's never been a time when you have ever been alone, and there never will be, unless you choose to reject Jesus and live alone forever. There'll never be a time where God is not noticing everything going on in your life. There will never be a time where God has not paid attention to every emotion that you are feeling, every choice that you are making. There will never be a time where God does not feel what you feel and offer to lead you forward. So Jesus is there watching. The disciples are off. He's just sitting there quietly. Of all the things that God could do on that day, um, sitting watching quietly probably isn't one of the things that we think that a God would do, but that's what our God did. And many rich people threw in large amounts, which in the economy of the world is a huge thing. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. This in the world would actually be kind of an embarrassment. If you were filming the event um, and, you know, and making a temple promotion video, this would not be what you would film. You would cut this because it's nothing. It's insignificant. It's almost an embarrassment. You know, it's like kind of get her aside. I've been at a couple of events where unimportant people have been shooed away. And actually, at one event, I was the unimportant person shooed away. <laughs> I, I was uh, on mission in Brazil and, um, and some high mucky mucks from the, uh, the state 
convention in Brazil came to our little project um, very dressed up, very clear who was in charge. I mean, they were immaculate. And, uh, and I and, and the other guys were down there, and we were slinging what's called havoco. I mean, it's the, the mud, the, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you put on the side of a house that makes it dry. Stucco, thank you. It's stucco-ish stuff. And, and we're covered, literally covered in stuff. And, and also paint. Um, paint there was very um, cheap, and it was like clay in the bottom of a five-gallon bucket. So if you can imagine this, you know, clay in the bottom of a five-gallon bucket and then um, oily water on top. That was our paint. So we got rebar, and we bent it at the bottom. We stuck it in a drill, and then that's how we were mixing this clay paint. Well, I managed, you know, with this drill coming up and down to... There was like a 10-foot radius. <laughs> These guys come in, um, you know, to, to, um, to recognize the event, and, uh, and, and it was just hilarious, um, the disdain they gave for those of us who were dirty. And, and they were looking around for the important people that they could recognize and that would recognize the goodness of them being there um, for that day. And um, I'll never forget, you know, one guy walks up and announced himself as Dr. So-and-so, and, and I reached out to shake my hand. He just looked at me and walked past. I was going, okay, <laughs> see ya. We love important people, and we love to be noticed by important people, and, and people who are important uh, love to, you know, to be recognized by other people who are important, but not Jesus. There is God sitting on the steps, Watching a, a woman, the world would call uh, an absolute embarrassment in terms of you know the financial contributions to the temple built bottom line, um, and and saying something so profound that we remember it still today. All the rich people who gave some, we don't know their names, nobody really cares. But this woman is a portrait of the given life, and so Jesus watches this woman put in two small copper coins, and being Jesus, knowing that this is all that she has, this is, this is her, this is everything. He calls over his disciples. And he says, truly I tell you, this widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. And one of the things, you know, quick pause, that I am always telling the, the um, staff is, they all know this phrase from me, is that everything resolves into paradox which is in itself a paradox because that's less of a resolve than I would like, you know. Um, it's a tension that I still have to live in. In the world, this woman did not put in more money than everybody else. In the world, what she gave was insignificant, not even worth an accounting. Um, it was totally like, you know, nothing. But in the kingdom of God, everything is different. Everything is right-sized and, and everything is true. And Jesus, the bringer of the kingdom, uh, God the infinite, says, I want you guys to learn to leave behind the ways of this world and to live here and now the ways of the kingdom. This is the value of the kingdom. This woman gave two small copper coins, everything she had, and she gave more than all the gold and all the silver that all the important people came and all their pompous self-righteousness gave. They gave nothing compared to what this woman gave. They gave out of all of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on. Believing is being all in 
with whatever all is. And I want to I wanna help you understand that from the very beginning, um, this is true even uh, whether it's the faith of a child or, you know, all is all, no matter how, how big or small all is. We got that? I know I sound like a Dr. Seuss story here. What I'm saying is to you, you know, so like we start out right here, and, uh, and these are the years of our life, right? Um, and, and this is our growth in life um, in terms of knowledge and, and uh, you know, education, experience, you know, whatever. But what I want to tell you th- is that, that starting here, um, all in God's eyes is all. And whether all is this much or later down the road, it's up here. Um, what I want to tell you is this all in the economy of God is exactly the same as that all. So we're not talking about in giving your all saying you have to be something, you know, further down the road or, or you know, if you're here and all you know is the name of Jesus, then today you can give your all in saying, Jesus, help, save. And you can give your all in a way that changes everything. And that all is the same as, as some religion professor or somebody else. In the economy of God, all is all, no matter how small it is. So um, this lesson is, is one that I have struggled with. Um, it... At a church, my, my former church, I, I um, would go and visit in one of the senior adult towers. And it was a lady who never came to worship. She couldn't. Um, and uh, but she's just the sweetest. I will always remember her all of my life. And I went up to visit her. lived on the seventh floor of this retirement um, center and, and uh, would knock on the door. And I would hear this broken and crackling voice saying, uh, I'm I'm coming, Pastor Drew, and it's like, how'd she know I was here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and 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 then uh, you know, or she'd say, "Come on in, the door's open," and I would open the door, and I would see this this woman, probably about four foot eleven, um, bent over like this. She could not straighten up, and 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 she she was getting up out of her chair. She would make her way across, and I'd say, "Oh no 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 no, you just you just stay sitting down there." And she said, "Oh no, I won't." You know, she's she's coming across. And, and this true story, and, and every time I ever visited her, she had her tithe check in her hand. The first time, I'm ashamed to, um, I mean, so I'm really perfect. I just make up these stories about not being perfect, <laughs> just to relate to you, but really, oh, that's a lie. Shoot, okay. So here's me being bad pastor, all right? This is me being faithless, bad pastor. She's walking with this, this check. Now, I know her story. I know that she has a daughter in a wheelchair uh, whose heart is as crippled as her body and who, uh, in her addictions, is, is leeching her dry. And all this woman has as income is Social Security. And her daughter tries to get about three-quarters of Social Security from her. She's coming across at me with this, this, this tithe check. and said, Pastor Drew, would you please do me a favor? Would you please take my, my tithe and, and, and put it in the basket? And I am sitting there, and I'm about to break out in tears, and I put up my hands. And she knows what I'm about to say, and she, by God, is going to have none of it. 
And she looks at me very sweetly, but with a very stern rebuke says, don't you dare deny me the privilege of being obedient to my God. Fail as a pastor, you know. <laughs> you know, That's me operating back, falling back from the economy of the kingdom back into the, the rules of this world. And every time I met her, she did the same thing. And I, and I got to tell you, um, it was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. But she lived, Mark 8.35, the given life. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, you will save it. This is a great irony. That if you and I use our will to retain this world... If we look around in the world and, and we live more in time than with an eye on eternity, if you and I look around in the world and, and, and whether we say this out loud or not, with our hearts we say, what I really want is right here, you know? And, and the sex I want, I can get from this person or this person, uh, in marriage or out of marriage. Um, and, and here's my plan to get more money so that I can get more stuff because I don't trust the God of eternity to be my security. I am going to build my own security. I know what it takes to please me. I, I know what I want to make me happy. So, so my life will be about this. And Jesus said, you're free to hold on to your life. It's yours. I have given it to you. And in your freedom, you have chosen to live independently from me, but I, have, I am now coming back around to you and offering an end to your brokenness and a new way of life, a kingdom way in which the very love of God lives and beats inside of you. And you live broken in time with an eye towards the wholeness of eternity. So I'm offering you a new chance. And, and, and if you hang on to your life, I'm just telling you as clearly as I can, you will lose it. So he who, who has the most toys in life still dies and takes none of them with him. But he who gives up their life, she who gives up her life, she saves it forever and ever and ever. This is the way and the will of God. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector in Luke 5.27 and said uh, by the name of Levi at his tax booth and said, follow me. And then, now two things about that story. Number one, um, if you know nothing else about the, the call of Christ, those are the two words that ought to guide every conversation of your life, um, every, uh, every you know, work day of your life. How do I work today? Uh, do I slack or not? Do I get better or do I not? Um, no, no, no. Jesus said, follow me through this day and I will lead you. Those are the two words you need to ask as you begin every conversation with your spouse, with your child. Um, you're sitting on the couch and your child is in the other room. You need to hear the voice of Jesus say, follow me to go and love your child. These are the two words that, that need to be folded into every thought in life. And, and the tax collector part, well, it means that Jesus just doesn't call uh, the, the righteous. He calls, he calls those he loves, which is, which is all of us. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You're getting a uh, sense of momentum that it's impossible to live a given life without uh, actually following Jesus in real life. Luke 14, 27, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So, so here's the deal. Following Jesus is is the key. And the way we follow Jesus is not culturally religious like, like we've gotten used to. The way that we culturally follow Jesus is with part. 
and we've even segmented Sunday so that I can live one way on Sunday or maybe even not even one way all day. I mean, you know, you, you, you fight in the car, and we've all done that. I, no, let me just say that. Marsh and I have not had one single fight in the car for about 25 years. We drive separately. It's true. <laughs> Solve the problem, you know. But we've all done that. You've had the fight in the car, you know, and maybe you've been petty, and then you get out and, hi, you know, and how are you doing? Oh, I'm so blessed, too blessed to be stressed, you know. It's like, you're a liar, you know. You're just lying. And, 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 and this, this earthbound, sin-broken way of being religious, this mistaking of religiosity for Jesus and the kingdom is... It's not attractive. It's deadening. It's soul deadening. And, and, and you can't, you know, we, 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 we want to give part to Jesus, but that's not what real believing is. Believing is being all in with whatever all is. Now, I need a couple of volunteers. Just, you're not gonna, I'm not going to hurt you or anything else. I'm just right up here, two people. I don't want to fight up here on the way up. So two people, run right, right up here. All right, so, so what I want, you guys know each other well, right? All right, so what I want you to do, Nate, um, I want you to lead Sean around this building, okay? So, so face that way, if you will. Okay, no, that's good. Sean, stop, stop, stop. That's good. No, keep the hands there. But Sean, here's the deal. You follow him all the way around the building, but you have to, to leave part of yourself. And I'm not talking uh, shoes or anything else, but you've got to leave part of yourself right where you are. So, okay, go, go ahead and, uh, and you follow It's not working so good, is it? All right, before somebody gets hurt, let's quit. Uh. <laughs> now, that was not a great success. And that's what a lot of our relationships with God feel like, you know, kind of a tug of war. Or they feel like, you know, um, that, that God is very, very distant because we're simply keeping our distance. The reality is we can't follow Jesus with part of who we are. You can be a Baptist, a Catholic, a Presbyterian, a Bapticostal. Um, you can be a lot of things, you know, uh, but you cannot follow Jesus with part of who you are. To believe in Jesus is to be all in with all that you have wherever you are. And whatever your all is, no matter how small it is, you give it all. And guys, here's, here's what's keeping many of you from living a great life. You don't think you're gifted. You don't think you have much to change the world. You don't think God has really honestly been good to you, that God has really shortchanged you. You may not be as, as handsome as, as other people are, as, as good-looking. Your hips may be a little larger than, than you think you deserve. Um, you know, you may not be quite as bright as, as, you know, the people are, whatever. You may look in the mirror and, and look and say, I don't have, and then you fill in the blank. But I want to tell you that, that our God, I believe, I have to believe, is a perfect God and good in His perfection. And that before, from before the foundation of the world that God imagined you. And, and, and He created you on purpose that you are a beautiful and perfect expression of His image redeemed. And that, that when we stand before God, that you as a piece of the puzzle will fit perfectly in the plan of, of God when, when you've given your all. Don't you dare say that you, 
that, that what you have to give makes no difference, isn't worth giving, can't, can't change life. It can. And this woman who gave two copper coins, nothing. The, the temple priest standing around would literally have been embarrassed at what she put in. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're, we're really going to be able to do a lot around here with that, you know. God himself profoundly impressed, knowing here he has found true faith, a given life. You all may be small, but it never, ever matters. All God wants is all you've got. It's the story of every miracle in the Bible is, is the story of small being made all. <laughs> Jesus heals a blind man by spitting on the ground and making mud. Ooh takes the smallness of an act like that and gives a man sight. The feeding of the 5,000, the way Jesus really did that is the disciples catered in advance. That's what happened. They had the food trucks all around, food for 20,000, paid it up, and, and no, it's not what happened. Jesus took an impossibly small gift and under his divine touch, it became a miracle. You need to look in the mirror and believe God can do the same, is doing the same with you. I, that's one of the reasons why, honestly, I'm not the most secure guy in the world, but in some ways I, I, I kind of am. I mean, I don't always come across the most secure, but I know who I am, and I know I don't compare myself to other people because that's not who my race is against. My race is against me. And, and, and my challenge is to give my all to God and be all that I can because it doesn't matter whether... You know, your all is a one or a thousand in the kingdom of God. It's all the same. It's just a question of, is it a given life or a kept life? So, so here's, here's the deal. Here's kind of where things kind of uh, come to um, in, in life. So here's us uh, living our lives and... Um, and and on this side of the cross, I'm just going to put a U for unbelief. We live unbelieving. Um, we may be religiously educated. We may have some religious background or knowledge, whatever, but, but, but we're just living um, with a kept life. We're, we're, we're calling the shots. We're making the decisions. It's, it's really us on the throne. At some point along the way, we have a radical encounter with Jesus. And when we have this encounter with Jesus, everything changes. And... and and then one day we step into eternity, the big E. Guys, Jesus changes how we live in time. And, and how can we claim to have given Jesus all for eternity when we can't trust him in time? I would even go so far as to say, don't tell me that you're trusting Jesus with your eternal soul when you can't trust him with your wallet. Because your wallet is very, very tied not to, if you're a man, your uh, backside, or if you're a woman, your purse. What your wallet is most tied to, or your purse, is your heart. And, and how we live in time is tied to eternity. So this is how the believer lives. We look ahead to see what God has said and what is true. And on the basis of the cross, we adjust our behavior and we live in obedience to what God has said. This is our call.
And the simple truth is, um, and I say this, you know, I, I say this because this is what the Word of God says. And we have to get this foundation right. Uh, the Church of Seven Run is honestly living in sin in terms of its, of its giving towards God, disobedience. Um, we're 10 years into a project that we should have had taken care of five years ago. Uh, but, but we don't because a lot of God's people are just, they're not living a given life. They're, they're not trusting God. And as a people pleaser, I don't want to confront you on this, you know. Uh, as a people pleaser, um, I, I know a lot of pastors who just, you know, honestly, they're beat down and they're just drawing a paycheck. I'd rather get fired than do that. I'm going to answer to God for one day how I led you, and, uh, and that's a fearful day, and I want to prepare for that and lead you well so that when you stand before Him, you'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So, here's the simple fact. The Word of God in Malachi 3.10 says in, um, that, that, that we are to do one thing, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, that I may be able to do what I want to do through your faith. I could divinely do whatever, but I have chosen to work through the faith of my people. So bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Um, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. For those of you who are believers, here's a challenge I want you to, to, to do. One day I want you to find this woman who gave the, the two small copper coins, I want you to have a conversation with her. A day, a billion years, it's all the same. you got time. I want you to ask her how God provided for her after she gave all and had no money to live on the rest of the week. I want you to ask her if her father was faithful and good. I want you to ask her if her God was trustworthy or not. Because either there is a God or there isn't. Either God is infinitely faithful or He is not. Either Jesus saves or He doesn't. And either we trust Him or we don't. Believing is being all in with whatever all is. And today, your all may be very, very small. Your faith that you can offer God might be the size of a mustard seed. Jesus said, awesome, with that I can move a mountain. Matthew 17, 20. You may feel like what you have towards God is not even worth giving at this moment. I mean, and, and now I'm not talking about finances. I'm, I'm talking about your, your heart. Your, you may think, I am such a failure. I'm so far from God. I, 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 I don't even think I believe. No, no. Believing is being all in with whatever all is. Even if your all is so stinking small, you don't even think it's worth God's listening. He is listening to you. Guys, we've got to get better. We've got to believe that God is the God of a new day. We've got to believe that God is the God who redeems the past and opens the door to the future. We've got to believe that when we live a given life, that we can never, ever outgive God in kindness, in generosity, in honoring one another above ourselves, and in finances. Finances, honestly, is just the least of all of these things. And here's the bottom line. I'm not going to keep on talking about this a lot. Either, either you believe or you don't. You know, I, I can't do anything about that. Either we step up as a church and do what God's called us to do or we don't. But I want to give my all to God. 
And I don't want to look at my two copper coins and say, eh, this ain't going to make no difference. Your life given, introvert, extrovert, you think you've got a lot of gifts, you think you've got no gifts. Your life given to Father will change the eternal destinies of men and women and boys and girls every day of your life for as long as you live. And I promise you, in the name of God, test me in this, it will echo forever if you give your life. Take your hands off and you live all in. So here's the invitation. Believe if you haven't. Give if you aren't. And offer God your all and, and live to please His heart. There's nothing else worth living for than to please the heart of Father. Today I'm going to ask you, there's going to be people here at the front, and, and I'm going to ask you, first of all, again, if you're not a believer that today you choose to believe. And again, you may think, I don't understand enough. I don't know enough. I'm, I'm, forget all that. All that's from hell. Just call on Jesus. Say His name. Give Him your heart as best you know how right now. And I can promise you it will be enough forever and ever and ever. If you're not at the place where, where you've been obedient in your giving... I'm just asking you to repent and get better. Dare to believe that, that, that you cannot possibly outgive God. He really exists. He really is faithful. He's really there for you. He really will provide. You can trust Him. Live a given life. Today is our day to kind of turn the page and, and, and to be all in. What is believing? Well, it's being all in with whatever all is. And in these moments, I'm, I'm asking on behalf of God, as though I were God's ambassador making his plea for him, I'm asking you as the church of the living God to be all in for Jesus. To that end, there'll be people here at the front to pray with you. The crosses are on either side for you to, to go and, and to, uh, to, to write a commitment, a declaration, a surrender, and, and put that on. The, the stations are there uh, for you if, if this is a time of repentance to, to just symbolically, you know, write the sin uh, there that's been besetting you and drop it in the paper, watch it go. If you need just some closeness with Jesus, the, the Lord's Supper, they're a symbol of your connection with Him. And, and, and then there, maybe if you're just in a dark place, the, the candles, you know, they're just a symbol of the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. And when we turn to Him, the light comes on. So stand with me, if you will, stand. And you make your decision of whether today is your all-in day. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that that would be the case. That today you would stir the hearts of your people. And no matter how small it is that we feel that we have to give, that we would give you our all today. Just give it and lay it before you in faith and hope and trust that you will take it and make something beautiful for it for all of eternity and in a way that will change all of time. Father, this is our prayer in Jesus' name, as all God's people say, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. As we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.